Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is really appropriate considering we're moving into a purchase money market, but selling to top realtors, what realtors want from their loan officer. And I have the perfect person for this, and that is Steve Kappen. Steve is currently a realtor with Keller Williams, but prior to that, he's also a mortgage broker and was in the mortgage industry. So I'm thrilled to have you, Steve. Sounds good. I'm happy to be here. Well, this is an important topic, but before we jump into it, let's talk about how did you get into the world of mortgage lending and then you moved over to becoming a realtor? So let's go back to 2001. So 20 years ago, my former business partner came to me and he was moving back to Florida and starting up a mortgage brokerage company and recruited me to come uh, work for him and uh, we became business uh, I was became a minority uh, business owner and um, that's how we got started in the in the mortgage space so what happened to move you into the realtor world <laughs> so fast forward uh, I think everyone that's been doing this for a little while remembers the market crashed and you know I lost everything and trying to figure out what to do is 2008 I guess. And I got my real estate license. I uh, wasn't sure if I was going to do both or didn't really have a plan. However, I quickly became started doing short sales. And I ended up doing short sales on most of the loans that I had originated in the prior two or three years. And just, and got, and just let the mortgage license go and stuck with real estate. So when you look at it, so you've been doing real estate really for a, little, a long while. And so as a realtor, what challenges are you seeing currently? And then talk about what surprises that you saw in 2021. The biggest challenge in this market is, you know, the lack of inventory. And it's, it's really challenging working with buyers right now. And, you know, going through the multiple offers and seeing people waive appraisal contingencies and all kinds of other crazy stuff. It's just, it's really challenging to get the buyers into the properties at prices that, um, that they're comfortable with. So when you look at 2021, what has surprised you? Were you taken back by the how this has just happened so fast? Or what are your thoughts yes. on that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I anticipated having a strong year and you know the price appreciation to continue and low inventory but it was completely taken off guard by just how quickly the pricing ramped up and how it just how crazy things got so fast so do you see that continuing for the rest of the year or, or what are your thoughts on that I, I don't think so we're already seeing signs of things kind of slowing down a little bit and by slowing down i mean just getting back to a strong seller's market where we're still getting multiple offers, but instead of 20 or 30, we may be getting five <laughs> and so on. And I would expect, you know, things to kind of come back to normal over the next, you know, six to 12 months. However, I still anticipate a very strong market as long as the, uh, the rates stay down and man, but the inventory is just, you know, it's unheard of. It's so low right now. 
So, Steve, now, what market are you actually working in? I understood it was St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm in St. Petersburg, which is the Tampa Bay market. And, sure. and so I've been here for uh, about 20 years. So you've seen everything. And, and Tampa has been really a hot market for a long time. Is that correct? Correct. Well, it's a good market to be in, right? Yes, it is. And, you know, the weather and sunshine and beaches don't hurt either. Yeah, that's true. Sounds like a prom- <laughs> sounds like a promo for Florida. So yeah, let's, maybe. Yeah, let's talk about the topic today. Since you've been a top realtor and you also were in mortgage banking, and talk about what realtors look for in their loan officer. So I'm going to kind of touch on from two different perspectives because I'm not your normal real estate agent, and you know I. Things that I value versus what I see most other agents value are slightly different. And um, I also have a business partner that we have worked with for the last six years, and she does not have a mortgage background. And it's interesting always to see the diff- you know, what she's looking for or versus me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first and foremost is relationships. And my, my relationships are going back, you know, 10 and 20 years. With the, with the guys that I work with, and it's that comfort level. And just knowing, trusting and knowing that they're going to communicate with my customers and there's not going to be any surprises. With my background, you know, up front, I'll ask, ask the loan officer, are there, are there any issues to anticipate or is this just a nice, clean deal? If they say it's a nice, clean deal, great. And then during the process, I'll ask them, everything going okay? Anything I need to worry about? If they say no, I'm good and they don't hear from me anymore. So, Steve, from the relationship side of these individuals that you've worked with for the last 10 years, have you added new originators or it sounds like you've really just part, you've just done business with the same folks? There's, um, I'm going, I'm kind of going through my Rolodex of loan officers right now. And, and unfortunately, there's just not enough business to go around. I mean, I know a lot of great people in the business that I would love to refer more to, but I just don't have that many deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, one of the top guys that I do enjoy working with is, you know, that relationship is probably only, only probably goes back three, four years. And so what caused you to add that person? And what is important? I, I love the comment that you're making about your business partner doesn't isn't from the mortgage business. What What is it when you say relationships and communication? Every loan officer will say that they communicate all the time. And so that doesn't they, really mean it. They say that, but it's not true. Sure. <laughs> and so one that the, my, the, the guy I was just mentioning to that three or four years, he was introduced to me by my business partner. Okay. She, that's kind of why we started talking and he actually does a really good job with the communication, but it's also with um, setting expectations correctly. And that's where I th- I see a lot of issues on the mortgage end is that the expectations with the realtors and expectations with the buyers just are not set correctly sometimes or not explained fully. So when you, so Steve, when you were making a decision to do business with this person, did it matter who the lender was or what was it that engaged you enough to give this person a try? It was the referral for my, from a trust. I mean, it was my business partner, but it would really come down to if I, if I, if it's a lender or a mortgage broker I'm not familiar with, it's going to come down to a referral from a, um, from a colleague that I trust a lot is where it's going to start or 
it could come from and this hasn't happened and i'll i could be i'll be happy to elaborate but it could happen could happen from when i'm the listing agent and we get if there was a great loan officer on the other side representing the buyer mm -hmm. that could get my attention as well so steve Interest rates and the mortgage rates, what impact is that of a concern from your standpoint? Because obviously originators are always talking about having the lowest rate and all of that that you, that you heard when so, you were in the biz. <laughs> yeah, so this is where the perspectives get kind of interesting. So me personally, I want my uh, whoever I'm referring the business to, to be super competitive because of my knowledge and everyone I know in the business. I'm like they have to have, I mean they don't have to have the be the cheapest or the best rate in town, but they need to be super competitive. So when I refer them, I can feel comfortable saying go ahead and shop the guy. Whereas I can tell you though from other uh, realtors, I'm going to go seasoned, not seasoned. I mean that doesn't really matter. That a lot of them are not that concerned with rate or fees. All they care is that they get to the closing table on time. Yeah, and, you're talking and, about the borrower. Is that correct? Yeah, the bar. Yeah, so I I mean, a great example is I was, I was having this conversation with my, my business partner and just say you have two loan officers and one loan officer is, gonna, let's just say it's gonna be $1,500 in closing costs cheaper with the same same rate. So $1,500 cheaper and, but this process might not be quite as smooth. Mm -hmm. they, they, whereas the, the guy that's top notch and awesome is $1,500 more in closing costs. My partner, she'll set, she'll go with the guy with the higher closing costs every time because she knows there won't be any surprises. They'll get the closing. Everyone will be happy. Yeah, I, that's certainly a good point. I think loan officers and the emphasis on mortgage rates is really uh, an Achilles heel within the industry. So Steve, talk about this issue. When you said about communication, a lot of lenders are viewing that as texting or they're viewing it as having a mortgage app. What are your thoughts on that? Um, one, I'm old school. I think there's a severe lack in, and we're going to talk mortgage, real estate, title, the, every, the entire process that people need to pick up the phone and have a conversation more often. For one, but it just it's and a lot of it's um, setting expectations correctly though. Just because you you reach out to me or shoot me a text message or to the buyer, it, it, that's not doesn't mean that you're setting the expectations correctly. And you know, an example is recently there was a transaction where that I was aware of. I wasn't directly involved in it. However, it was one of these deals where the roof had to be replaced, and then they had to have the appraisal go out and do the reinspection, and then close after that and of course the seller waited to the last minute to get the roof done so everyone was sweating the closing well the loan officer didn't explain to the realtor or the buyer the process for the reinspection so the loan officer i mean the, being the buyer the real estate agent thought okay they ordered the inspection today it'll be done tomorrow we can close the next day whereas you know they and they not you know what the expectations were was got to go through the appraisal management company and someone's got to sign off on it. It's go you know the whole thing that can take takes a couple of days that no one explained that to the buyer and the real estate agent. They just assumed that those that they were familiar with the process and then you know everyone was upset and you know it, I mean it could have all been avoided if they just would taking the time to explain that to them on the front end. So, what are your thoughts on in the real world since you live this every day? that the 
originator takes the application and then they're in essence out of the transaction. It, it moves to some type of centralized processing or something like that. Is that where you see there's a disconnect or what's your idea of what would be a good workflow? That's an excellent question. I haven't really thought about it too much, honestly. <laughs> and my thoughts are, I mean, whoever the point of contact is just needs to set the expectations for everybody. Like, I mean, it doesn't mean they need to be hold their hands and giving them an update every day or anything, but they just, the expectations of, okay, this is what's going to happen next, and this is what's going to happen next. And the other big issue I see is when there are bumps in the road, if you're going to meet them head on and own up to them. Right. So when you're talking about, as you well know, when refinancings are so popular that you don't see a loan officer, basically, if you're a realtor. And that's been the case for the last year or so. And so uh, talk about how do you get back in? And obviously, the better loan officers continue the realtor relationship, even when they have refinancing. What What's the thinking that, real, that realtors have about what's happened with the volume being so large in refinancing for the last uh, two years? I don't think realtors care or think about it. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but I don't think, I mean, I don't think a realtor really could care less of what the, what's going on the refinance side. Right. That's not, you know, they just want to know, can you get my deal done and are we going to close on time? True. And so when you made this decision to change, had you had a bad experience with a prior loan officer and that's why you decided to add the new one that you've only had for the last three or four years? Talk about that. Part of it, Ian, it just, there's been a couple bumps in the road where I think that the expectations could have been a little bit better. And then just, you know, sometimes a certain, you know, you start to learn that certain lenders, you might be able to get through the process a little quicker than others. Whereas so, when there is, you know, so just with clearing conditions. Change, is that right? Well, I didn't, I wouldn't say I tried to, I decided to change. It's more along the lines that I added. You added, right. And then sometimes, so for me, if I'm going to like today, if, if I have a, if I'm meet with a buyer and okay, who am I going to refer, you know, who am I going to refer this buyer to? And, you know, first thing I'm thinking, you know, is, and just say I got loan officer A and B. For whatever reason, I may think they may be stronger with that buyer or another. And, and, you know, I know a little bit more than most realtors. But it's also a lot of times it's matching personalities. Because I, but the two guys, they're just, they have different personalities. And there's, you know, I think that, you know, certain people mesh better with one over the other. That's very interesting that you say that. So talk about for our listeners today about this issue of trying to break in. You had a referral from a business partner, but let's say the originator doesn't have that relationship. How, how, would, right. how would they get your attention? Well, I'm going to tell you the first thing that I would do, and no one, and you're going to be probably shocked, but I, is I, every time I talk to loan officers, I, I tell them that you need to establish better relationships with the selling, with the listing agent. And do you know that 95% of my listings, I never hear from the loan officer, not once. Wow. And I'm like, if you guys would just pick up the phone or even, hey, just want to introduce myself, let me know if I can help you with anything, maybe give, maybe give an update along the way, maybe uh, after close, you know, there's so many t ways you could touch the listing agent and impress them. And it's not that hard to do that because nobody does it. 
at least not where I in my market because I've been it just it blows my mind. Yeah, that's a basic, but I'm not surprised with what you're saying. What are your thoughts about? And this is an issue that's always hot within mortgage banking, even 20 years ago, that if the originator doesn't provide leads back to the realtor, there's a perception that that the realtor will not entertain using them. What's your thoughts? I think that's um, a load of crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know well, how else to say it. But so let's just say I got it. If someone wants to give me some leads, will I talk to them and explore it? Sure. But I'm not going to send them my. I'm not going to send my best clients to someone just because they gave leads. Okay. And uh, and then and then you also got to re- think about okay, which agents are the ones that are going to be accepting these leads? Right. And they're my you know from talking to loan officers over the years, I've heard story after story of hey we you know we provide them with internet leads, we paid for their Zillow leads, we sure. paid for this, and then they still. They took the money or take the leads and they still keep using their same loan officer and they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you said that because there's a big perception that you can't get a realtor unless you give them leads. And I think you clarified that. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, uh, Steve. Would you like to share kind of the takeaways for our listeners about how to get into a realtor? What works in today's world? I would say, you know, uh, one is. I can't harp on enough is to form the relationships with the listing agents. No one's doing it. And it's probably your easiest and fastest way to get more realtor business. And then two, I would, um, it's hard to get it. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but I would just get with your best realtors and ask them for referrals or maybe, you know, Hey, can I take you and your, you know, your realtor buddies to lunch? Can I, and just try to get some more face to face with, people that your best agents are friends with that makes right. sense because they're only they're only going to refer you people are like the, like them too so sure. you naturally want more agents like your favorite ones well they are that's really great words of wisdom we're going to have to have you come back because this is an interesting topic to say the least so thanks steve and, and i want to thank everyone for listening today we certainly appreciate you spending time with us thanks so much well thank you and i uh, it was a pleasure Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.